happy Tuesday to you and yours from Berea. Get ready for Browns and Steelers Thursday night football from First Energy Stadium. I'm Jason Gibbs. To the right of me, Andrew Gribble. To the left of me, Zagura making an appearance. That's right. On the BPA. That's right. You came in all confident. That's right. That's right. Two words. I am here. You're you correct. Are. You I identified am. me. I, I, I thought you, you were I late, am. and I had to rescind and find myself because yeah. I texted the wrong thing. I know what so. kind of operation you're running here, the BPA. No. Well, we're doing just fine, thanks. I know. Well, we appreciate you coming in today. I'm happy to be Spending here. Spending a few minutes of your uh, hard-earned time here. Yeah, I got articles to write. I know you do. <laughs> Keeping I, you busy. This right? guy over yeah. here. Yeah, the Ibses over here <laughs> got running roughshod all over me. <laughs> All right, guys, uh, first things first, nice to get a win as the Browns knock off the Buffalo Bills 19-16. to Gribble, I'll start with you. Uh, a weird game, a game that had some ebbs and flows, some peaks, some definite valleys, and yet at the end of the day, Browns come away with a win. Yeah, I mean, I've seen enough Browns games where when you get a bounce like the one that Josh Allen had on his fumble near the goal line that – those games typically don't end well for the Browns. And I thought it was a really important moment. Uh, it was it was an ugly game all the way up until probably the last few minutes. It, there was just a lot going wrong for both teams at that point, but you were in it. You were in that game because you weren't turning the ball over and you weren't committing penalties. But that drive, I thought the end was important, not just for the – we've had a lot of games here where you've had these late drives not go well. All the way back to week one against the Titans, it started a chain of command of, of just disastrous drives one after another. Uh, you go to the Rams game. You go to the Seahawks game. I mean, there were so many of these late drives that just don't go well. And finally, you put together a full-length drive to win the game, essentially, and then your defense holds on the other end. Also, you avenge some red zone woes at the same time by by looking good in the red zone after being just – not good in the red zone all game. So that was important. And I just felt like you had to, you reached a point when you hit four losses in a row, you just have to figure out a way to win because I think after four losses, you start to soul search on if you're ever going to win again. And I, I think that was clear in the, the players' reaction. The way they reacted to, the, to winning this game, I wouldn't say it was on the same level as like when back in 2016 when you got that long-awaited win at home. But it was when you go a full calendar month without winning, uh, you're going to feel that way and feel good about it. Yeah, it was a game you had to have it. It gives you a little bit of a pulse. I mean, obviously the first half it is what it was, two and six. But you started the second half one and zero, oh, and that's what they're talking about. And that you know you talk to all the guys on the team, and you know we're one and zero. Oh. That's they're we've washed ourselves of what's happened and now we're going to try to build something and certainly was not a pretty game. It was not a game that you left being like, okay, we're ready to go on a huge run. But at the same time, you beat a team that was six and two coming into the game in the Buffalo bills. And you came through and you talked about all those games, Denver, you had the ball in a similar situation, driving to potentially win the game and couldn't get it done. And now you did 10 plays, 82 yards when you had to have it. The defense did enough to force a long field goal and, and they missed it obviously. And you win 19 to 16, but it was just one where this was all about the outcome. It wasn't about the picture that was painted, anything like that. It was all about the outcome. You had to win it. You did. Is that quality of football, that brand of football, going to be good enough to do what you want to do the final seven games and the five division games? No. But at least it's something, and I think you can take some confidence out of it. And the players, as you said, were – I think they were thrilled to get that win because there's so much talent on this team. And it's at some point, people are looking around saying – What's happening? Why is this happening to us? And, and they went out, took control of it, and 
Jarvis Landry's catch on the sideline, I really think was you needed one of your brand names to make a play in the moment, Baker for throwing it out there, and they did, and then Baker found Hollywood Higgins. Good to see him back walking the red carpet. Yeah, I wonder if we're going to look back on this game the same way we look back on last year's game against, like, Carolina, where Carolina came in with a winning record. Newton was hurt, and it was kind of a sloppy game. I know there was a couple highlight plays in that game, but it was kind of a back-and-forth game that went down to the end. I mean, you had needed a defensive stop at the end of that game, and then you, you go on and win a bunch of more games after that, and then Carolina's season just went off the rails at that point. And I wonder if this is the beginning for Buffalo uh, because they they were 6-2, and two, but I, I, I don't know if any of us would feel confident about them making the playoffs at this point with – just what we saw, but again, it was a win. It wasn't. It wasn't the prettiest win. It wasn't like the Atlanta win last year or anything like that, where you played almost perfectly. Right. But you need to win some of those because ultimately, like early in the season, you're on the wrong end of some of those games where you win lose some ugly games. So you need to to stack up some winning some ugly games. And for a franchise that has struggled to win so much in the last few years, you take whatever you can get. Absolutely, Nick Chubb with an outstanding effort in the football game, but the debut of Kareem Hunt. Uh, one of the big storylines, and while he did a fantastic job catching the ball out of the backfield, had some good runs, 30 yards rushing in the football game, it was his blocking that I feel like really stole the show, especially uh, in opening up some holes from for Nick Chubb. Maybe the best fullback effort we've seen out of anybody this year uh, for the Cleveland Browns. Nathan, your thoughts uh, on the debut of Kareem Hunt? I know you talked to him after the game. Yeah, Kareem Hunt, uh, it was great. And that first play that he was involved in was a, a power where he was the lead blocker, and I think it went for 15, 16 yards for Nick Chubb. Uh, and those two were on the field quite a bit in that, and I think we're going to see a lot more of that going forward because, frankly, it, it's about getting your best players on the field and getting them on the field as often as you can and getting them on the field together. And Kareem Hunt, he just brought, you know, seven catches, 44 yards, four runs, 30 yards, the blocking you mentioned. It just was something for teams to have to account for, and it opened up a lot of other things, I thought. And Chubb, I think you were telling me it was like 89 of his 115 yards that he ran for came with Hunt on the It was field. 113 and 116. 113 and 116, even better. Yeah, I mean, it was yes. almost – it was all the big gains. It was every big play – and it just uh, – I agree with Nathan in that we agreed last year that the best personnel for this team was two tight ends, two wide receivers, Nick Chubb on the field. I don't know if that's it anymore because you're struggling to tight end a little bit. Yep. And now it might be this two-back look with Odell and Jarvis on the field as well. And I wonder if you can find a way to run that – you probably wouldn't do it every single time, but even if like you have to throw in Dontrell Hilliard into that mix, you could almost run that – formation 90% of the time potentially if that's what works because I feel like that's what this team did well last year was stick with what worked yep. uh, during the second half of the season and we've seen a lot of different looks from this offense I, I I don't know if any of us feel great when it's five wide or four wide out there it just hasn't clicked but this is something that worked right away I I'll I'll be interested to see what they can do passing wise out of this formation I don't even have any of those numbers but I imagine that's going to present a, a few more wrinkles for opposing defenses if you start passing out of that formation as well yeah, and I think they will we saw some of them to the backs and even the one play that I thought could have been a huge one you get cream hunt singled up on Lorenzo Alexander the ball's a little underthrown by Baker but you create those kind of mismatches and on that one you watch tape back Odell was wide open Jarvis was wide open and so I think it's going to open a lot of things up they were only on the field 28 snaps together which is a lot at the same time because many teams don't run two backs like that uh, very often the league the rest of the league according to Sam Monson does it about nine percent of their snaps the Browns did it on 43 percent um, in that game where they had two backs on the field together 
I think that's going to become our more of our base offense, and it does. It's going to stress linebackers, it's going to stress safeties, and it's going to hopefully allow you know you we haven't had a fullback so you haven't had a lead blocker like that we've basically had a single back the entire time and now you actually can introduce some of those power runs with a lead blocker into it and both Chubb and Hunt are good and willing blockers and are physical it's going to be fun to watch and I do think you're going to see a lot more come out of that I mean even when I talked to Kareem he didn't know he was going to play that much he was kind of surprised about it but he was also I think he asked out a couple times because he was gassed he was I mean he was Uh, he was he was winded Yeah. yeah So That's he, a lot to get. I mean, it's one thing was, to go and train and run and practice. He was also play. playing with a different energy too. I thought it's like if you had to just if you had been watching your first football game of the season and you were asked to point the guy out who is playing his first game of the season, I think Kareem Hunt really stood out. I think the energy level, just the the adrenaline that was going, and now it's a short week, and you got to hope for the Browns that this is a lot for the Steelers to digest in terms of film study in in, in a short week. This is hard to prepare for it's almost like I go back to my days of covering college where it was so hard as good as these elite teams were to prepare for like a triple option team yeah and I I almost in in terms of the NFL you're essentially that kind of team right now with this setup because no one else really does it and I think that hopefully that works to your advantage in a short week even for a team as disciplined and good on defense as the Steelers are defensively uh before we put the Bills game to bed anything that stood out to you guys a little bend but don't break Gave up some plays, but when they needed to, uh, able to seal the deal, force the 52-yard field goal that was missed, and uh, the Browns' defense comes away, you know, as part of as a big part of that win on Sunday. I thought it was good to see Demarius Randall back, obviously. Denzel, I thought, looked good. Mac Wilson continues to get better. We still have some communication issues, and on that quarterback draw that they were able to run in, the, the, the backers were not where they were supposed to be. So, you know, it was trying to tighten that up. We also saw Sione Takitaki's debut, and I thought he played well in 11 snaps, had a couple of tackles. Um, it's This defense has yet, though, to have – that game-changing play. They have not done that yet. We have nine takeaways uh, by comparison. I think the Steelers come in here with what, 28 on the 26, season. 26 yeah. on the season. Their differential is plus 13, and we have nine takeaways total. Steelers are also turning the ball over a lot, too, but still winning the turnover battle. Like that, right? it's, it's weird. I'm looking at their turnover margins. I mean, their games are wild. Like It's like something like 5-2 to two some games, 3-4. to four. Like it's, it's They'll give it up a little bit. What this defense, we all expected it to be, is is a wrecking defense. And this is a team last year, the Browns were second in the NFL in takeaways. And so you expected that to carry over. You added in new pieces up front and Sheldon and Vernon, and obviously Vernon didn't play in this one. But you just felt like we were going to put so much pressure on the quarterback that we were going to be a team that was going to take the football away a lot. And we haven't done that yet. So that, to me, is the biggest thing that we need to see from this defense going forward. And if you want to beat this Steelers team, our defense is going to have to take the football away at some point. You mentioned the guy that I was going to go with right away with this defense, and I I thought, and I don't want to kick the guy on the way out the door, but the difference between Demarius Randall as your free safety and and Uh, Jermaine Whitehead was the most noticeable thing about that entire defense. I thought thought Randall had one of his best games of the season uh, out there against against the Bills, and they're going to need that. I think that this is a favorable matchup for your defense uh, going against a young quarterback in Mason Rudolph, and they really don't they haven't thrown to the receivers much. They don't they this is not your typical Steelers team that relies a lot on their tight end. I mean, this is this is an offense that is vulnerable and, and has yet to really play all that well, to be honest, since since Roethlisberger went down and since he went down week one, they haven't really played well all season. So it, this is something where it's gonna be a low scoring game and if you can capitalize and turn one of those turnovers and get your first defensive touchdown, 
uh, of the season. That that would be well timed. Yes. All right, we move on to the Pittsburgh Steelers, five and four on the season. Started off one and four. They've won four in a row. Uh, they uh, the exact opposite of us, I guess you could say. Most of our games at home coming in the second half of the season, they've only got two home games left. <laughs> Uh, they're they're going to become the road warriors. They've gone on this winning streak, but a lot of it has been at home. Uh, they have a quarterback in Mason Rudolph who has managed their game well and has gotten the ball into his playmakers' hands. But when it's uh, it starts with their defense, and their defense is something to behold, especially in the last seven games here of the season. Yeah, they're winning games and they're winning close games. I mean, that's that's what they've had to do. I mean, it seemed like. The Rams never were in that game for some reason, but that game was still pretty close, and, and the Rams had a chance to win at the end of it. But you know they're they're just they're just a disciplined team that has rallied around, and this is the Steelers that we remember from like the '90s. You know that's that's what this team is. It's not it's no longer the the Todd Haley, Ben Roethlisberger, huge offensive numbers Steelers. I mean, this is a defense dominated team, and and it should be because. They've devoted so many resources to fixing this defense over the last few years, and it finally seems like the pieces are coming together. And really, it, it seems like it took Minka Fitzpatrick to really cap it off because they were struggling those first two weeks. Russell Wilson had a huge game against them. Tom Brady had one of his best games of the season against them. And all now all of a sudden, they're just forcing turnovers left and right. We're seeing Joe Hayden look like the Joe Hayden of maybe five or six years ago. I yeah. mean, they, it's it's just the confidence on that defense is really high. Yeah, they're playing phenomenally well, and ever since Minka Fitzpatrick's come in in the last seven games, they're the number three scoring defense. They've allowed only 12 touchdowns, which is fourth fewest in the NFL. Quarterback rating 68.8, third best in the NFL. They have 24 takeaways since then. Again, 24 takeaways in the last seven games. It's just they have three, five straight games with three or more takeaways, which is in that is an insane number. It's the first time they've done that since 1989, 30 years. First time that they've done that in Pittsburgh. 26 turnovers over the first nine games of the season, the most since 1987 for them. They've gotten 33 sacks so far this year, the most they've had in the first nine games since 2008. They have at least four sacks in three straight games. I mean, they are doing things on the defensive side of the ball that are kind of historic, kind of unprecedented. You mentioned that Rams game. They held the Rams to one of 14 on third down. I mean, that stuff doesn't happen in the NFL anymore. And, Second time that's happened to the Rams this year, though. Which is they, crazy. They, they went to, in their game in San Francisco, they were wretched on third down. I mean, that's basically it's like with the Rams, shut down Cooper Cup, you shut down them on third the Rams, down. Cooper Cup coming off of a 200-yard game goes for <laughs> zero against the Steelers the following week, which is amazing. And Minka, you mentioned him coming in. Eight, he's been there seven games. He's been in part of eight takeaways, and two, he scored two touchdowns all the, also I, by himself. I just that I remember that trade happening and us sitting around going, they traded a potential top ten pick. Like you're going to have to replace Big Ben, is what we were all thinking. Uh, this season's going downhill. What are you doing going after a guy like this? Is it really? Is he going to be able to turn things around? Well, I mean, defensively they have. That tells you two things. Number one, they loved Mika Fitzpatrick, and they weren't in a position to draft him when he came out. And I know a lot of people back even here, we loved him on CBD for, for quite some time. Uh, and this was an opportunity he wanted out of, my, of Miami. It became known, and, and they stepped up to the plate. And number two, it tells you that they have 100% confidence that Ben Roethlisberger is coming back, and they're not worrying about drafting a quarterback in the very next draft. Yeah, because I can't – if I'm the Steelers, I can't think after the stretch of games that Mason Rudolph is the heir apparent. I mean, he's been fine. But there's nothing. He's been better than any backup they've had 
in a few years. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I remember I the game we knocked Landry Jones out so that Hobble <laughs> Ben could come in and he torched us. But, I mean, Mason Rudolph, though, 11 touchdowns, four interceptions. He's, yeah. he's at least taking care of the football. He's, not, he's allowing the defense to win the games for them, and he's getting out of the way. They're not doing anything offensively that scares you. You know, they, sometimes they do hit a big play when Miami – like, they were getting roasted by the Dolphins at home until the Dolphins decided to all-out blitz at the end of the first half and inexplicably gave up a touchdown, and that changed that entire game. They Sometimes Deontay Johnson – James Washington, had a, I think he had a long touchdown last week. Juju is not even on pace for 1,000 yards, which is stunning. The running – James Conner is not averaging four yards a carry. This is not, as you point out, it's not the offense. You went there and you thought you'd have to win a shootout. This is going to be a slugfest, and it's going to be key that the Browns maintain what they've done the last two weeks, which is nine total penalties, zero turnovers. It, it, look, we've taken it away at least three times in five straight games. So it, they're taking the ball away. Yeah, uh, it's it's funny because we're, it we're, we're dogging their offense a little bit, but they've only scored fewer than 20 points twice this year. And we've scored fewer than 23 straight games. Yeah. I mean, they, they've I've been that, but that's but what turnovers. That's their defense. It's turnovers. I mean, it's turn, turnovers, defense, being disciplined, all those things, and cashing in their opportunities when they get them. You, you talk about the sacks, uh, Nathan, and, and I take a look at that and I go, our offensive line has been a little – Bend but don't break, but our offensive line is going to have a major test on Thursday and, night. And, and T.J. Watt has been a Browns destroyer. He's got eight sacks, I think, in his in his four career games against the Browns, and he, Chris Hubbard had a lot of trouble with him. And that's one of the things that I think about and wonder in my mind is, okay, we really like having this two-back set. Does that mean now one of those backs is going to have to be used as a, to chip on T.J. Watt? You're going to have to give help. Do you keep a tight end in? Because we like to have the two backs either in the pistol pony or the two split with a, a slot receiver and then Odell and Jarvis on the outsides or Jarvis in the slot and somebody else on the outside. How does that impact it? Because if, you're, if we're trying to do five-man protections here, I think we're going to have a lot of trouble. Yeah, they're really good on the ends, and that might be where the offensive line is most vulnerable. And I think that's what concerns me about this game a lot. What does concern you when it comes to their offense? You know, we, we talk about they have scored some points. They get James Conner back this week. Um, but what actually, Gribble, concerns you when you look at this? Uh, I mean, the, the, just like the, I've just seen it happen too much, the short, the short passing games of running backs. I think that's the – I think it was against the Colts, Jalen Samuels caught like 14 or 15 passes in that game. And the Colts – limited those opportunities kept it to a low amount of yardage considering the number of catches but we've seen too many times where a screen is drawn up the right way and it goes for big yards I mean those are the things I worry about just getting out of your own way with those things because I like our corners against their wide receivers I like that matchup for Denzel against Juju Smith-Schuster I think that's a good battle I think that Greedy can hold his own against Deontay Johnson and, and James Washington I, I that's the thing that would concern me is just being disciplined and, and stopping those the short passes and not letting them become something big. I mean, we watched one of their games. I don't remember who they were playing, but I watched one of these Steelers games, and I think all they did was throw it to the running backs yeah. the whole game. And we have been victimized by that. You can think about two major kind of turning point plays on little passes to running backs. Tennessee with the screen to Derrick Henry. New England, the screen to James White when you finally got it to a one-possession game. Um, they're going to have to be on that and watching out for Jalen Samuels and Connor, obviously, out of the backfield if he's back in time. You just feel like if you – the truth is, if we want to do anything this season, we have to win this game. I mean, this is if, if you don't win this yeah. game, you win it. You're 2-0 in the division. You've beaten the Steelers. You have Miami coming at home, who was 
no joke. You can't just say at this point, oh, we're going to roll over. They They're well coached. Fewer, they have one fewer win than we do on the season. So it's not like we're just so far above them. And Fitzpatrick has been a pain in our keister for many years wearing many different uniforms. GM's got to step in at some point, though, and intervene. Yeah, like, what enough are you doing? This. Well, like I thought this. that's what they did in Pittsburgh when they called that all-out blitz. I thought that was like radio down from above, like, stop this. <laughs> this isn't the plan. What are you doing? Um, so this is – it's a critically important game. It's one that if we are – you know, everything we did was based around us being a physical team. That's why training camp was the way it was. All of those things. This is a game that is going to be a slugfest. I, I feel like it's probably a race to 20 points or so. You know, and you talked about they've gotten to 20. They've scored defensive touchdowns in the last two, and without them, they wouldn't have sniffed 20 in either of those games. So – You've got to find a way to get to 20 yourself, which is something we haven't been able to do, which is insane. You're talking about a team with Odell and Jarvis and, and Nick Chubb, who is, you know, he's likely, I think what he needs 81 yards or 83 yards. 89 uh, for 1,000. 89. Yeah. Okay, I knew it was under 90. 89 yards to be the first 1,000-yard rusher this season. And he gets the benefit of playing on Thursday night to do it, but he will be the first one to get to 1,000 yards. And you, we can't score 20 points? It's wild. I, I think before we get to our keys for the for victory on Thursday night, I would be remiss if we did not address special teams becoming a factor Thursday night. With weather, not great, but definitely not uh, 75 degrees and sunny and not playing in a dome here. Uh, we know what the Steelers special teams are all about. We've been victimized by them in the past. This will be a big part of the game on Thursday night, especially if it's going to be a slugfest grubble. Yeah, you know, it's it's tough because uh, Austin Seibert's had a, a great year. He's perfect for field goals. 16, uh, 16. He, but he has missed an extra point in every in each home game where the Browns have scored a touchdown in the dog pound end zone. That's that's the area that's given everyone uh, fits field goal-wise. The kickers are 2 of 5 on field goals into that into that side of the stadium. Missed All, all the missed extra points have been on that side of the stadium. So you need – in a game where I'm, I'm a believer of – I love going for it on fourth and goal as much as anyone, but this might be a take the points kind of game. Take the three, make the three, uh, and it'll be another big game for Cyber because I think he's been really good. If he wasn't in the same conference as Justin Tucker, I think there'd be actual Pro Bowl buzz for this guy because you're 16 to 16 at this point of the season. You're doing something right. Yeah, he's playing very well. We know the Hammer's playing very well. Our coverage teams have been playing well, but this is one of those games that, yeah, I, again, like I talked about on defense, a game-changing defensive play. This is a game where – Maybe we need a game-changing play on special teams, forcing a turnover, getting a big return, something you know, like we did against Seattle that really kind of got us moving in that game. So, uh, yeah, I don't want to see any karate kicks on punt returns. I don't want to see anything like that from the the pass of the Browns. I want to see <laughs> do, just good solid play. Do we do we see Jarvis back on punts again? I'd like to. I mean, I got to tell you, first of all, terrifying moment with Dontrell Hilliard, but tremendous recovery he basically slid across the ground like a snake I don't know how he did it a few yards and was able to maintain possession but this is a game yes where I think you do want to see Jarvis Landry back there give him a chance to make a play pull out you pull out all the stops this is a game that turns all of a sudden your you know your faint heartbeat that you have now into a legitimate one because the wild card pitcher in the AFC is wide open I mean the Steelers are in right now and they're five and four they would be in if the playoffs started today. So beating them head-to-head, -head, the division ramifications, et cetera, I don't know that you're going to be able to catch the Ravens anymore at this point. But you never know, and you got to play it out. But this is a critical one. So I'm going for – this is all hands on deck. If we have anything that we've been saving, let's trot it out let's there. Say, let's go. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but say you're 
the Browns with the situation wild card, aren't the tiebreaker things working in your advantage if you do put yourself in the mix? Because if you are in the mix, you obviously have a great division record, first off. And you would obviously have a pretty good AFC record. Yep. Wouldn't that put you in good tie-breaking position with, with some of those teams? Because you got three of, three of your six losses were in the NFC. Right. And, and so, yes, it would certainly. And that's why every game you can only do one at a time. But these are all critical. I mean, the only NFC game we have less, left is the Cardinals. Yeah. We have seven games left, five are division. One's the Cardinals and one's the Dolphins. I mean, if we go on a real run, it means we're tearing up the AFC North. And I think we're all... I don't even think it's fair to assume anything yet with this team because we've Correct. made that mistake. But I, I feel pretty good about our ability to beat Cincinnati yeah. twice. So if you can find a way, you get the Ravens at home. We've beaten them. Sometimes styles make the fights. I don't know what it is about what we did to them, but nobody else has done what we've done to them. And so you you just got to keep taking care of your business. But it's it's a one week thing, and I kind of like the attitude that they have there. We have a chance to win two games in five days after winning, you know, two games, basically the first half of the season. Yeah. All right. Keys to victory: the Browns will win Thursday if they do what? Andrew Gribble. I I don't even think they have to win the turnover battle, but don't lose the turnover battle by more than one. Like if you can just get away with like a one zero kind of game or a two one, or if that means you're forcing turnovers, I think that's enough against this team because I do think the Steelers have to. They've needed these turnovers to win these games, and I think that. Uh, if you can just survive and even take a minus one, if you win the turnover battle, I think you're winning this game. But if you if you can just weather it and and keep it to a minimum, then I think you've got a good shot of winning. I agree with that, and I'll just kind of take a little caveat against that. Number one, you gotta you gotta protect Baker Mayfield, and that's gonna tie into winning the turnover battle because you you know T.J. Watt. One of the things he does very well is kind of get those forced fumbles, get those things out. Um, he's been great at that since coming into the NFL. He's got 11 forced fumbles for his career, which is the most in the league since he's come into the NFL in 2017. So that's part of it. But this is the game. I'm calling for it. I want the defense to make one of those plays that we've been waiting for all year where they uh, take something to the house. We haven't seen them score. I feel like there will be opportunities to take the football away and to change, either significantly change field position, stop a drive in the red zone to the goal line, just make one of those that is a momentum-swinging, point-saving, point-adding takeaways the thing and we haven't seen it really this year and I, this is the game to see it all right gentlemen on to pittsburgh we go and thursday night football from first energy stadium pregame show on the university hospitals radio network starts at 4 30 kickoff at 8 22 with jim doug and the z that stands for zagura make sure you log on to clevelandbrowns.com or wherever you get your podcasts subscribe today to the best podcast available like us rate us Give us your feedback. For Andrew Gribble, for Nathan Zagura, I'm Jason Gibbs. This has been the best podcast available.